Hello, hello, and welcome to the season finale of season two. And uh, as finales should be, this uh, I say this about most of the guests that these are the most awaited guests on this. But this is today's guest is actually someone who has been in random using comments right from the beginning. Uh, apart from a lot of other reasons, the one reason is that in rapid fire of almost every guest on this show for two seasons now, everyone has taken this name when it came to their favorite comedian. And so uh, what better way uh, for the finale or the season two to end uh, than to call everyone's favorite comedian, including mine. Uh, give it up for Kanan Gil. Sorry for the delay. I am here. How's it going? See, the shirt makes sense with the with the graphics. It really does. <laughs> Thank you, Clay, uh, KB. It's my esteemed privilege to be here. Oh my God! Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Karan. Thank you. No problem. Thank you so much. No problem. <laughs> Thank you for that. First time okay. I wore the shirt. Yes. Yes. Karan, as, as you know, the format of the show is very simple. We'll talk about some of the things that we both are interested in. And then yes. we'll do one quick rapid fire in the end. And then that will be the end of the season. Done. Yeah. Then? Then we'll... <laughs> then you can continue with your <laughs> other important things. Like Europe then, tour. Europe tour. Tomorrow. It's happening. Yes. 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 Okay, uh, I'm talking to the audience first uh, to tell them how many different areas of interest that Kanan and I share. And I still feel like uh, Kanan keeps surprising me with the kind of things uh, that he's interested in. Uh, for example, Kanan was the first person who told me about B Prague. Can you imagine? Very recently, I told someone, Are you B Prague? And they were like, No. I'm like, Do you know who introduced me to B Prague? One night in Chandigarh, where uh, Kanan told me to be Prague, and he played B Prague. Kanan and I have actually danced on the streets of Chandigarh. <laughs> it was on a divider. Sorry to cut you it off. It was on a divider. road divider. <laughs> divider. Divider of the road, both of us. So I, I'm just trying to start this conversation by telling our audience that uh, the range, that uh, kind of range that Kanan and I share. Um, for example, there was one day Kanan and I were entering into a meeting, like we were entering. Uh, in an in an office building, and I was humming a a ghazal, a Mehdi Hasan mm -hmm. ghazal. I was humming it, not even like, uh, you know, one of those loud this thing. And I just said, and I hear Kanan from the back going, <laughs> How do you know this song, Karan? How <laughs> from System of Down to Mehdi Hasan? Oh my God. <laughs> So uh, today also, Karan, we are uh, going to explore some three, four topics that uh, both of us Absolutely, love. Absolutely. I'm starting, I'm starting with uh, uh, something that you've been working on for a for a while now, but not many people have seen it. You're writing mm. a book. Are we, are we yes. allowed to say this in public? Yeah, we're allowed to say it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Contract so negotiations start... are ongoing. Yes. yes. So I want to start with this topic of reading, mm. writing, and uh, you've given uh, two specials in 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 public domain you're working on another hour so you obviously write a lot of stand-up you you've written a book uh, so let's start with writing and reading and how, what's your process what are your views around it and how how different are these two worlds of you know writing okay. a book and creating stand -up? 
and creating stand-up, it could not be more different. And yet it has suffered from some of the same trappings as uh, writing stand-up. Before that, I think, let's talk about reading background, KV. I think the uh, viewers and listeners would also be interested to know what your mm. reading background is. Because you're also quite a voracious mm. reader. Uh, mm. My start happened at the IMA library in mm. Dehradun, where mm. the, all the kids used to read the same thing. This is because we were not allowed to watch television. Anyway, mm. Cartoon Network used to only come at six, till six o'clock, mm. if it used to come at all. <laughs> and uh, so that time, everybody, Secret Seven, Kim's Five, Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, nothing uh, very uh, remarkable. But it was possible to have that kind of childhood then. Like you would read Secret Seven, and then you could go with six of your friends and explore like a wooded area of Sheraton. And I remember mm. once we found a monkey skull, and I was like, oh my God, we're in. We're in a secret seven. <laughs> and all the Enid Blyton stuff, I really liked. And then growing up, I feel now, people's relationship with reading has changed a bit because there is this strange, unnecessary connotation that has been attached to someone who reads that uh, it's something that's supposed to make you intelligent or, <laughs> you know. And so there, it seems prohibitive. If you don't read normally, you're like, Are, this is the... I have to read very complex books and be a complex person. But mm-hmm. honestly, it's entertainment, dude. It's a form mm-hmm. of entertainment. The mom reads a book every day. She just powers through a, a book a day. And that, I feel, is the best way to enjoy a book. It's like entertainment that you can't unconsciously consume. You have to pay attention. If you lose your place, that place is gone now. You have to come back. And between pages... You get to think about, oh, I've just read this. Awesome. Cool. And it doesn't have to be something necessarily that's mind expanding. I don't believe. Although that is awesome if you, that's an interest. But uh, I feel like more people would read if you just tell them to relax and read what you like. And you, like, there's no pressure. Most people in the world are not smart. Present company, both of us included. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, just relax. And give it a mm-hmm. shot. Find some book. People will call it trash. You might enjoy it. Read trash. That's I think that's my propaganda platform for this. <laughs> you know, a kind of weird forewarning I'm giving before the publishing of my own book saying, please read trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you no, I completely agree, agree with you that, you know, th- th- this notion that reading and books is a very, like, intelligent, uh, this thing. It's not, it's, it's, like whenever someone comes to me and asks me, Ki, I want to read a book, which book should I read? And I'm like, read whatever. It's, if you like football, just go and read a book about your favorite football club. Like it, it's not yeah. like you have to read some sort of like 10 books to read before you die. Okay. Do not start with the classics. Work hmm. your way back to the classics. Do not begin with a 250 year old book. Okay. It might not be relevant to your life. Yeah. Read the book that everyone makes fun of. It's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So then, then you evolve yeah, after, after your any blightens of the world during your school, then when you went yes. to engineering and how, how was that journey? Like what? Whatever. Kept, mm. uh, house had an extensive collection of books, so I just kept reading whatever. And gradually the books get whatever more grown up, if you, so to speak. My criteria for buying books for a long time was first I used to go to a bookstore, then I used to be attracted to the nice looking book jacket. Hmm. And then I used to take out the book jacket. Then I used to read like, okay, do authors I like recommend this book? And then hmm. it's met hmm. uh, the criteria responsible. And because of that, I actually stumbled across some great books. This is the only one disadvantage of having a Kindle. Even though it's very portable, the feeling of discovering a book completely out of nowhere. And each book, honestly, 
despite what I've said, has the potential to change your life in a very significant way. Mm-hmm. There are many books that I've read that I was like, I can't believe I had never read this book. And that happens very regularly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the taste in books has evolved a lot over time. But I can honestly say till I was like 21, I never disliked a book. Mm-hmm. I read every book and I was like, okay, the book mm-hmm. is over. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I think 21, 22, I realized I was starting to develop taste. Like, I first first book, I don't remember which one it was. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> not that uh, it was bad or anything, but I was like, I was reading it and I was like, I know your tricks, mm. the author. And mm. I was also viewing, starting to view uh, books in the through the lens of someone who wants to write one. Because mm. I have been writing my whole life, uh, ever since I knew how, I have been trying to write fiction. And I can't believe I forgot or like I missed that bus or I don't know KV if this is an aspiration of yours to one day write a book. Yes. It is of a lot of people I know. Yeah. And it seems like that time that you write the book is at some indeterminate point in the future. Mm-hmm. And so I was just getting ready this whole time. I was just writing everyday stories and this for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. I just felt like not now. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. And mainly like I don't have time. And then mm-hmm. pandemic happened and I was like, well, now you have time. Mm-hmm. Like I had, uh, I had to cancel like 200 shows in 2020, something like that, something crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was enormously, uh, it's an enormous relief. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> and then um, very quickly, I was able to write off one book in one month only. Like I started and I finished it. Like I wrote a novella just to get it out of my system. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is, I think this is the thing that I wanted to do my whole life. I've started a blog when I was in college and I read stories in school or whatever. And that, that prize for English is the only prize I would get in school. And um, gaining access to that achievement was extraordinary because I was like, this not only is possible, it's very accessible. And then I felt like a little bit annoyed that I put this off for so long. But also it maybe it's one of those things when student is ready, teachers of yours kind of thing that I had to be 30 for it to happen. And I had to have this 15 years of writing background for things to finally reach uh, critical mass and start to you know drop out of the solution. Um, cool. Essentially, yeah, yeah, this biggest aspiration of my life, I had shelved of subconsciously because also the thing you want the most is also the thing you're most afraid of yeah because you have this idealized notion of this has to work out like this and if it doesn't and if the thing i want the most appears to be illusory then what else is there in life (laughs) and so writing one book to get it out of the way was fun and i really enjoyed it and then when I wanted to, a pandemic didn't seem like it was stopping. So mm. I was like, mm. um, mm. And so I started writing one more. And all my writing heroes now, they've changed over time. Before mm. it was, I, I was very much trying after the mythos of the tortured artist. Mm. You know, someone who writes one incredible book, mm. but nothing else. Mm. Or maybe two in a lifetime. Mm. And all the pictures of them are like, just Mm -hmm. wretched, lined, wrinkled Mm -hmm. in some cafe, hunched Mm -hmm. over in the Mm -hmm. rain. Mm -hmm. People are throwing bread at them Mm -hmm. and they died with three rupees. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but uh, over time now i value as a person who's had a career in the creative industry for 10 plus years i value people who keep their wits about them and who can create a lot of output so for example pg woodhouse has written more than 90 books stephen king has written about 60 brandon sanderson has finished two books today uh, <laughs> and, and so i think the people i value are the people who can remove some of the sacredness that surrounds themselves and their creative exploits mm. i don't know if you agree so it might not necessarily be the most creative mm. acclaimed genre defining book but each book is honest mm. and you have to separate yourself from the things that you put out mm. and it it actually it calls into a very interesting question that we don't think about a lot in stand up but that i was forced to confront while writing a book because i was following the stephen king plan of like 1000 words a day he does 2000 but for me i could only do 1000 mm. and like i was going on starting and i had like 3 months of false starts and it was just misery like i would write 10000 and i was like this is garbage and i would throw it and i would write 20000 and i'm like this is also garbage mm. and i would throw it and because i was living alone and i could not leave the house it was this interesting pressure test where i actually had to confront what i thought was stopping me in mm-hmm. terms of writing uh this is obviously a luxury to have the time to contemplate and i did have the luxury of time and i had to spend a couple of months coming up against every obstacle i had in my creative process and sort of surmounting it and i think that was incredibly valuable after spending like a lot of days just figuring out like what is the problem i'm supposed to like this there's your relationship with the things that you say you love the most changes a lot with time because i know many people who say they love writing but the process of writing they'll say is just miserable i hate it i can't i'm scared mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm also feeling like that mm-hmm. however i used to do this pretty freely the rest of my life and mm-hmm. so i just had to chart out like okay what's different and i think it's different for different people but ultimately on exploration you find like there is a trap door uh, there is a black hole at the bottom of art okay that's why are you doing this and who are you doing this for mm. uh, and in confronting that you actually come across a lot of the problems and so for me it was just fear uh, and i think the thing i've realized is at least with most creative professionals i know who are in the entertainment business okay i'll say people in the entertainment business okay you have two competing impulses you have mm. one impulse to be creative a creative impulse pure expression of creativity the second impulse is an impulse for fame and prominence okay and they end up using one impulse to service the other and in the process ruining this pure beautiful thing okay so now you are creative things come out from you whether or not you can control it but you want to use that to become rich and famous mm. and so the rich and fame thing it starts to seep in to the creative thing and it pollutes it now every time you have a thought you're like is this good will this work will people like it and before you can even conclude a thought you have slipped off the edge mm. and mm. after that follows all your self assessment right okay i had a thought this thought will never work well it's because you're a piece of shit buddy <laughs> you can never have anything maybe you were creative once and it's gone and now you're just a loser mm. and 
that process it like it all comes together in a second and it's so painful that i realized like i was just getting up and leaving i would try to write and these 20 things would happen together then i would have to get up and physically leave my writing space and that's the problem i think i had to ultimately come to terms with and solve and the solution for me and i trust you find your own solution um the nature of creativity is a big interest of mine at least it became a big interest because mm-hmm. i spent so much time doing it mm-hmm. um the odd investigation you realize that you actually aren't in charge of the ideas you come up with um you can't tell yourself to have a particular idea because mm-hmm. then that's the idea mm-hmm. there's no place to stand to have an idea you actually just have to turn on your antenna and become receptive to the inflow of ideas right and if that actually is how it works then the assessment of it is pretty useless it's not a reflection of who you are as a person you have to just wait and receive these ideas that come from the ethers and then just like sort through them gently and so the ultimate process was one realizing that okay you're not in charge of the creative enterprise mm. you actually just have to just sit around and see what comes mm-hmm. and what comes is a factor of who knows what mm-hmm. where this philosophical discussion can lead mm-hmm. anywhere mm-hmm. is there free will mm-hmm. is is it soft determinism mm-hmm. but uh, in my opinion i was like well clearly um this inspiration or whatever they call it is coming from somewhere and my assessment or my criticism of that inspiration is so strong and so immediate that i can never even often have full ideas mm. so i had to honestly in many ways turn that off and in turning that off i had to delink the desire for this to be good mm. in a way that people told me it was good mm. and i was like i am not i had to let go of the idea of me being formed in the eyes of other people mm. like the merit of this being judged by these invisible people Mm-hmm. and i was actually at least for a period able to do that and just enjoyed it's just the most extraordinary free couple of months where mm-hmm. i i wrote two more books <laughs> and because i felt well and truly free i'm like this is for me and i want to have fun and if something is salvageable in this then well and good and it turned out that that was the case and the third one i am revising now mm. and this idea like so i went with this attitude back to stand up i'm like like i entered open mics i was out i didn't do any stand up for two years mm. I, i entered back open mics and i was like hello my uh, <laughs> compatriots i have returned a free man and i got on stage and i was like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> immediately and i realized oh well this is the problem mm. this mm. need for feedback from other people mm-hmm. i have tried to disentangle this philosophical web too for two years and i'm like i need people to laugh at my fucking jokes mm-hmm. which is why i keep expecting people to approve of everything i do yeah that mm-hmm. is the mechanism with which stand-up works mm-hmm. and so then yeah so one more learning is to like to sort of accept stand-up is a different thing mm-hmm. stand-up mm-hmm. still has that purity and truth but it needs to be evaluated mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. and uh to put it uh, as uh, at most prominent philosophers would say is like dil pe mat lo yaar no because uh, you know kenny in an earlier episode of mm. and amusing in this season 
talked about you and he said that Kanan is like a like a sculptor when it comes to stand up and he will keep like chiseling and removing the edges and he'll keep at it at it at it at it brutally till he finds what he like wants to like with his mm. which is with his special uh and so that approach towards stand up but kautuk in another episode amazing uh, mm. said that when it comes to writing uh you just at least finish one draft before anything else like write something mm. so when you talked about and this is a very prolific this thing to have written like maybe two books in like within a few months mm. so so that is in contradiction with the sculptor in you so are yes. you so can we so what you're saying is you're still a sculptor when it comes to stand up because there is a lot of feedback involved but a more like you want to keep right like more prolific when it comes to so you're not really writing 20 drafts with book is is that what's happening here or no i did do four drafts Mm-hmm. but uh it uh the the essentially the thing that i've taken that applies to both things is to not be too precious mm-hmm. about who you are and what you're making it really doesn't matter so much to anyone <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, if you can separate yourself from the thing that's happening it's honestly like looking at looking for the moon in a cloudy sky mm-hmm. that sort of thing like some days you're like i can't see it Hmm. however i have to sit and try to find it hmm. and some days you you just clap if you sit for long enough you will catch a glimpse of the moon hmm. Hmm. uh and essentially that's the idea i'm trying to apply to both and it's really informed this new stand up special i'm doing i was able to come up with it faster than i've ever written stand up before hmm. so a 2 hmm. hour long show hmm. and it's fine um it is improving at the same rate it would have improved before hmm. however i not beating myself up so much about why it should be better i'm like i can't think of a good joke on command hmm. i have but i i can do is lay out the carpet hmm. and make sure i have enough space in my life hmm. for creativity to enter hmm. that's a big part of it also no hmm. you said you wanted to write a book what yeah. is your so i i agree with like i'm in back of the mind you know you keep thinking <laughs> as yeah. to how you approach this whole thing this has been my lifelong ambition to write a book like right from my school days i would even say to uh, you know my friendship this thing with people was kisko main book mein credit dunga aur kisko you know <laughs> <laughs> that used to be my thing in school ki oh to yeah, whatever someone does something acknowledgements me i will yeah, yeah. i mai tera first mm. some chapter i'll talk about you all that but i think i have suffered with the same thing that you are saying where i am like yaar with time is going and i am like kuch i have to write something which is like i have to write the best book that yeah. i can which is and not honest, uh, hmm, it's hmm. not important i i so i have to do that shift in uh, that mindset and i agree like even stand up when i posted like first two videos both did well now i'm like oh my god i have to put the best work out there which means 3 years haven't put out anything because i'm like no this is still not right but at some point i have to be like just put it out yeah yeah dude i mean you will always be evaluated by people who understand what you do less than you mm. it's is the curse of being in the arts in any capacity mm. every painter knows more about painting than every painting critic 
<laughs> as a comic you understand comedy way better than every audience member but ultimately they are the judge of whether this is valuable or not mm. and in that understanding there's a lot of freedom you're like agar if they i can't control this mm. well, let them do it mm. what you can control is making sure you have fun while doing it yeah yeah that's yeah. fully up to you yeah and this book when i was i was trying to hawk it around to publishers mm. a lot of feedback was like thank can't do anything hey <laughs> mm. mm. book for anything mm. like thoda sa form form thoda sa kuch you know you have to and i'm like no this is what i think is fun mm. these are the kind of books i like books that just do like are ye bhi are what bullshit is this isko ulta padna hai abhi and so <laughs> i don't know whatever is the thing that i am allowed to do i will for sure do it that's also the things i enjoy the most about mm. when you see someone who's really good or you read a book that's really good I'm always like so excited because I was like I didn't know this was allowed. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw Scott Pilgrim versus the World, I was like, "You can do all this shit also." Mm-hmm. It was such an eye-opening experience, mm-hmm. and so um, in whatever small capacity you can, because there are people, KV, who are thinking about getting into the fields we are in, mm-hmm. and who also could benefit from being set free. and mm-hmm. so you should live i think and create with that mindset mm-hmm. that not only should you be free creatively yourself you should also be a catalyst for people who are watching mm-hmm. i've i don't know i feel like sometimes i've become a creativity evangelist now mm-hmm. everyone i meet i'm like to be booklet to be booklet <laughs> you can do anything please don't hate yourself write an album do whatever mm-hmm. you like no no i am making a promise here in public that i'll start writing book okay now this episode After yeah. this episode, you will start yes. writing. Yes. Can we know anything about the book, or would you like to keep no. it to yourself? I'll okay, share cool. what I'm. I want to write because for a long time, Kanan, hmm. like growing up, I thought I'll write a novel because that is yes. what I was reading then. Yeah. Like I'll write another Godfather, or I'll write I'll write another five point something. I mean, the range was crazy. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. But now I feel like maybe I'll write a non-fiction. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'll write. Whatever <laughs> But, you decide, dude. Whatever you decide. Quiz book. Oh, that would be so awesome! Yeah, yeah. Our life in the quiz. Thousand and one trivia's before you die. You know, <laughs> connect. Five hundred pages, and there's one answer. <laughs> like, oh shit, Smith, what connection? <laughs> okay, Kanan. Now I want to talk about. Uh, since I mentioned engineering, immediately I thought of uh, you. Actually, have a degree in computer science. Uh, you went to Ramaya, Bangalore. Yes. Uh, yes. And. Uh, I know that you are genuinely interested in apps and programming and the world of computers and coding and everything. And I know because I uh, there was this US tour of yours. Uh, yeah. And you used to do quizzing on our WhatsApp group, and you said yeah. that I should make an app for quizzing. There has to be a better way or more efficient way. Yeah. And you legit worked throughout your free time <laughs> in that tour, although that couldn't materialize. But you, you're. What is what has been your relationship with programming, and then we'll come to your NNN app also. Have you have you done any programming? You must have. Yes, yes. In fact, I was really good. Hmm. Let me say this hmm. to the audience again because it's on record. I can show my mark sheet that I have highest <laughs> marks in my class in C plus plus in engineering. Like I used to get forty nine, forty eight out of fifty every time. Maybe the teacher will be like fifty to nahi de sakte to whatever. But <laughs> uh, computer, that's the one thing in which you can give fifty, man. Exactly. I was like, "It's yeah. okay. I have done yeah. everything." But anyway, whatever. But I was really into it. Like my my engineering had like 
thankfully it had a lot of programming from C++ to Java to Perl. I've done all that. Yeah. So, I yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> uh, Apache server, everything. So hmm. I, I was, I really liked it. Like my job, me, you didn't have to do any job, uh, development. It started. I joined TCS, so we yeah. were supposed to do programming. Exactly. But then I joined in the year two thousand eight nine when there was all of us were on bench. Bench. So I was like, give me whatever I'll do. So I got hmm. a non-programming uh, project, and then hmm. I never did coding after that. I was oh, okay. Well. I mean, it is a lot of fun, and in many ways, it's like how you do quiz questions. Mm-hmm. It's you. There are a pro, there's a problem statement. There's a bunch of clues, and you have to kind of solve the puzzle and arrive at the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I don't think this is true, but many people used to at least regard coding as some mystical, difficult thing, which it really is not. Mm-hmm. It's like having a fun puzzle book mm-hmm. that you can just do the answers and you can make things for yourself. It's very exciting. It's mm-hmm. at least the way in which us 20, 2022 can be handy. You don't know how to hit nail a, put a nail in the wall. You can't hang up a painting. But you can make an application mm-hmm. for you and your friends to do bullshit at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I studied C++, I think I first learned it in 7th standard. Because mm-hmm. my sister who was older was learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was enormously exciting. Because I used to just make quiz games at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, that's you. If you learn AFL, so you don't switch case. Uh, the first thing you can do is a question, and you have the four answers. You have to press one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. So, man, how many Dragon Ball Z quizzes I have made in my house that I only used to play. <laughs> <laughs> and we had very good teachers in school also uh, who taught us. And I ended up doing computer science, so mm-hmm. it was a lot of programming. And I was really drawn to it. It's super awesome. It's one of the things. It's not very difficult and there are parts of it, but it can get difficult. So you can do 98% of programming without difficulty, but those last 2% people are the people who are responsible for the internet and the world the way it is, you know, Mm -hmm. efficiency. Like you with basic knowledge of coding can make a log cabin, but they can make a cathedral. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that you'll see very quickly in your class. Like, okay, this guy this guy okay mm-hmm. okay just these two people mm-hmm. are really getting it well the rest of us are like diet getting it mm-hmm. i um thought that software would be the thing that i did mm-hmm. um i actually didn't know what i was going to do i wanted to be too many things i was trying to desperately to finish a book before i graduated engineering also mm-hmm. but i have it in my draft somewhere mm-hmm. um i wrote a book in school also shit anyway so um i thought and this was the thing. There were many bands in Bangalore that mm-hmm. everyone knew that these guys work in like Infosys in the day. Like in some mm-hmm. music. And mm-hmm. at 20, I was like, this is the best possible life. Mm-hmm. You cannot have, you mean that they are making money from mm-hmm. a stable job, but mm-hmm. they are also enjoying by playing music with friends. I'm like, what could be better than this? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I was not prepared when I started my job for the level mm-hmm. of misery it comes with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. was a lot of despair bro mm-hmm. I remember the first day I said like literally the first people ask me like when did you know you wanted to be your software the first moment mm-hmm. we did our induction say hello good evening etc etc then you go and I sat at my desk and it was like a CRT monitor mm-hmm. I just looked out of the window and it was on MG road and I saw cars going by and mm-hmm. people free in the world 
Mm. And I was like, I, this can't be my life. This can't be <laughs> wearing short pants, sitting in front of CRT, looking longingly out of the yeah. window at what could be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've, now I'm still, yeah, that was also programming. But you, you had a moment like that? Oh, 100%. <laughs> and it, it, you're so right. It happens on the first day. It always happens on the first day, but you're not like brave enough or like you're not, you don't think so much. But when you look back that first day, you get this feeling. For me, this, this happened, but in Gurgaon, like same thing. You wear a shirt, yeah. nice, you go. You ID card. ID, ID, and then you look out and you're so right. You see free people, although they're not free. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're not, nobody's they're, free. Nobody's yeah. free. They're not free, but you look and they seem like, you feel like you're the, this caged bird and you're like, no, this is not what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that sets up the interesting question of like, well, then what are you supposed to do, bro? Yeah. <laughs> and then that is a lot of like, so the, the midlife crisis was a quarter life crisis and now it is a post-birth crisis. I think the crisis now for Gen Z kids begins immediately yeah. with their birth. Yeah. Like, how are we supposed to interact and interface with the world? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, programming was the thing I had to do at my job. Mm. Uh, in a way, it was awesome because we were, I was actually expected to build a very big project on a very small team. And so I felt very cool that I was trusted with like a, a lot of very important work. There's four mm. people writing code what is potentially a very big uh, software but uh, I was not a good employee I, I stopped caring very fast mm. and so that was I don't know if this is other people in their 30s will relate that there was a time when you could do your job and you could go home and your job was over mm -hmm. you could leave your job and you left the job in the office mm. so at least I had that mm. and I used to keep so I think that that time, uh, as soon as we graduated, Angry Birds had just made a halchal mm. in the Play Store. And there was this news of like, you can make millions of dollars making iOS applications. And I called my friend from college. I'm like, this is the thing we are going to do. Okay. Mm. So we'll work. But then Shamko, we will be professional coders and we will make our own app design company mm. and we will eat the world. Mm. Very much a 2011 obsession mm -hmm. of you have to hustle, bro. You have mm -hmm. to grind. You mm -hmm. have to hustle and then grind. Mm -hmm. And if you are sleeping, you are wasting time. Sleep mm -hmm. when you're dead. Mm -hmm. And that also very quickly uh, proved to be <laughs> something that we didn't have the willpower for. Just to be very honest. Mm -hmm. Just, we were like, you could literally, we're working from 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And after that, we the program. It just seemed like yeah. an insurmountable obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. Were you at TC? I'm, I'm, I feel like I have my answer to this already. But were you a good employee? Like, if I was your manager, would I be happy that Kumar Varun is at the job? Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Doing everything on time, going above and beyond Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So professional inside me is very like, this I'll do. Give me a job, I'll finish it. But, but but I was never like I don't think I was ever ambitious there also. TCS ka CEO banna hai. But to make, if you will ask me to send this PPT, I will make it for sure. Well, was there an ambition that you thought when you entered work, you're like, this is all leading to something? Was there something like that? No, no. It was very, I think one month at a time. Then one month at a time. Yeah. Salary to salary. Salary to salary. Yeah. Yeah. Salary. Did you manage to save anything? In TCS? Uh Little bit, but then I went to MBA. So I was saving for MBA. 
saving uh, for MBA. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, CAD became an ambition for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, let's let's get out from here. That too because mm-hmm. of external pressure. There were other people in my life who were like, "Yar, tu kaise TCS mein baitha hai? Tujhe to kuch bada." Catholic, Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> you went to FMS, no? FMS yes. is to CAT. Then not. Then it wasn't. It had a okay. separate system. Acha. But okay, uh, okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, anyway, so then uh, you, uh, I want to touch upon this no new notification. Oh, yes. It's programming. It's own, like, yeah. It has its own cult following as well. And yeah. so how did that, the whole app journey there, NNN app? <laughs> okay, this is a little bit of context. And I'll say, I'll say one thing about programming before I segue into this. It's uh, when I used to be a professional software developer, um, creative things were my hobby. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now after I've made this creative life my main job, I actually mm-hmm. have found using programming as my hobby to be a really fulfilling thing mm-hmm. because I have no expectations from it and mm-hmm. it, it need not work. And I know I'm not very good at programming. That's the main part. <laughs> I'm not an expert coder. I can just barely make things work and that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. So um, it's uh, a couple of friends and I were sitting a few years ago and we Uber had just come out with this feature where you could press a button and the face of the phone would light up with a particular color. Yeah, yeah. And they said, if you wave that phone, yeah. then your driver will see. And then the three of us were just talking about like how this is the dumbest app feature you've ever like, I the phone wave correct. How many people are holding phones and waving? What is the need for this light color? Yeah. And you know, I'm like, what is Uber thinking? that this is for airports or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, we'll make an app. Now the full story of this app, it's called Hi The App. You can see on my podcast, which is called No New Notifications, done with Manik De Silva, my childhood friend and myself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we started developing that application mm-hmm. um, to give you the very quick pitch. It's suppose KV, you and I agree to meet on Linking Road in Mumbai city, okay? Mm-hmm. We agree to meet at a signal. You are standing there. I am standing there. Now, what can I do to get your attention? I can say, hi, KV. Or I can open my phone, switch on hi, the app, select Kumar Varun, and then wave. <laughs> and then you will get a notification saying, Kanan is waving, waving at you. And the compass will tell you that I'm waving from there. <laughs> and you wave. And then your hi is connect. And you get a high score. Wow. And in, similarly, you can also wave to anybody around the world. Suppose mm. I am in Bangalore, you are in Mumbai, or you are in Tokyo, mm. and I want to wave, so I open, hide the app, and I select Kumar Varun, and it mm. tells me where in the world you are, orientation-wise. So you're like, okay, he's 5,000 kilometers in that direction. So I turn in that direction and wave. Mm. And then you get a message, hey, Kanan is waving at you. Now, this is a really high-effort way to contact someone. Yeah. You, and you can't talk on the app. Huh? That, this is the whole thing. You can't. Mm. You want a message, go somewhere else. Yeah. This is so nice. This is this is like saying I miss you, kind of a. It's very cute also. Yeah. Like one of those like a miss call landline used to remember though Ringo and you know it's it's someone <laughs> you're still studying but you're like okay I know yeah it's okay. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> that thing <laughs> think of me and give me one ring yeah yeah um, oh, yeah so I started uh, my friends and I started developing this application actually when I finished your sincerity. The way I uh, unwound after the taping of that Netflix special was like uh, my friends Manik Vikram and I went to Goa and we spent three days programming. 
Wow. We spent three days doing the code for Hire the App. Vikram was doing iOS. I was doing Android. And Manik was doing designs and UX. Mm. Okay. And uh, it was we. I was, we were both learning languages for the first time. All if you're watching, all languages are the same. You don't know which language to learn. Learn C plus plus. Back is up same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I had to learn Kotlin, and he was learning Swift. I think Swift at the time. And uh, we just made like a shitty prototype, and that was enough. And we were so happy. And I have wow. since remade that uh, in Flutter, which is a different um, cross-platform development. Uh, framework i don't know um and so for no new notifications which is a podcast manik and i do we are whole ethos in that is this is a max bullshit podcast okay we nothing is off limits in terms of stupidity mm. okay i try to bring stupidity wherever i go if i join a quiz also i'll make sure in whatever small way i can at least with my entry to add some element of like relax guys let's enjoy <laughs> and so that is what we do on the entire podcast okay and we don't promote it very barely and so very few people listen to it and those people who listen to it are like super in it's like a secret we all have. um yeah. and so for no new notifications what happened was uh spotify we started uh, the podcast in 2020 and spotify came out of the list of best podcasts launched in 2020 at the end of 2020 did not include us okay so on the podcast we were like this is a overt public snub mm-hmm. we have been snubbed by spotify in a sense that this is an open declaration of war almost okay mm-hmm. and then manik and i decided that we were the number one grudge holding podcast in the world mm-hmm. okay so we're like spotify you think the same you're like you think you can snub us we know what you're doing okay mm-hmm. the same week geo seven sent us a trophy saying best podcast of 2020 okay <laughs> So first, what we did was we uh, we banned Spotify for our listeners. We still release the podcast on Spotify, but we told the listeners like, "Hey, you can't listen to it on Spotify." Our accepted method of listening to the podcast is on Geo Seven. You can listen on Google or Deezer, whatever you like, but Spotify is not allowed. Okay, mm-hmm. and because. Everybody who listens to the podcast is fully in on the joke. They're like, "Yeah, bro," and they're doing research for us. And <laughs> uh, a quick aside. Okay, no, actually, I'll I'll tell the story as it as we go. Hmm. So this snub snubgate continued for a while until we were like, uh, you know, the ultimate way. Manik and I said is to get back at Spotify is to make our own Spotify. Hmm. And what we'll do is we'll crowdsource features, hmm. whatever you guys want, and we will put them in the app. And that way, we will have our own special thing, and Spotify will not be able to ignore us anymore. Hmm. Now, obviously, Spotify has no idea this is happening. <laughs> but we are in this very strong passionate one sided war and we think it's very funny okay so we discussed what app features to do we asked people also what kind of stuff do you want and i just sat and i made the app and it's literally it's on the ios and android store now you can download it it's got no new notifications hmm. and this is the level of how much our fan base is into bullshit okay how much the listeners of the podcast are into bullshit because there was a very big obstacle that the app was on uh, android But we could not release an iOS because they were not approving my developer account. I'm getting damn pissed off. Okay, I'm like, how? Oh, my payment is not going through, and Manik is telling me his payment is not going through. And so someone listening to the podcast is like, "Yo, I stay in Cupertino near the Apple office. If you want, I can make a sign and go stand outside Apple office saying, 'Please approve no new notifications app.' Mm. <laughs> we're like, maybe maybe not that, wow. <laughs> but that would be awesome yeah. if they did it. Anyway, eventually we got it on. 
you can uh, I will just very quickly take you to the features of the code by the way for no new notification the app it's on github so you can laugh at my poor programming skills it's there if you want to uh, read it okay so uh, this is no new notifications I don't know if you can see open it the first thing you get is a power button we feel like app shouldn't assault you you should get the time to switch on the app to switch it on and you get the no new notifications network now like Spotify we also have a list of podcasts the first one is us there is simple Ken a show about uh, crypto with Rohan Joshi the overthink tank the internet said so and very soon uh, random musings yes yes I had asked some anyway yeah and then uh, we have this well lubricated drawer here with a series of features there is a healthy social media series mm. of infinite gray boxes mm. that you can just <laughs> scroll and you can also double tap if you like and heal <laughs> then there's many features honestly download it we have an offline social media where like you know all your friends but like they don't have access to it <laughs> and also our data policy is that we don't care about your data who do you think you are that we love your data so much okay. <laughs> so we have a highly secure notes app yeah. um is a center aligned notes, the preferred alignment of the podcast. Yeah. And you can type your notes or whatever. And the thing is, like, if you navigate away from the page, yeah. uh, your notes are not stored. Well, it's nice. so secure nice. that nice. even you can't even you can't store it. <laughs> like that, we have a couple of features. And to everybody, to the six people who listen to no notifications while watching this, we're very sorry. We're very behind on the things we're supposed to do in the podcast. Hmm. Uh, a new episode will come soon. A thousand apologies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the app world. You can read the code. It's got yeah. help me. Help me develop stuff. Wow. Google, if you're watching this, you, you got a, if you got a spare developer, <laughs> I am using your framework. Flutter, please help me. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> okay, Karan, you talked about, uh, in the middle, you were talking about these bands in Bangalore. Yeah, uh, people who were working in Infosys, and I know that you've been in 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 bands in college. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you love music. You love exploring new kind of music, mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. and we connect on so many bands. But now you also listen to a lot of stuff that I don't like. Yeah, I don't know, Swedish rock and stuff like that. <laughs> metal. So in fact, you went to this crazy metal uh, event, heavy metal the, knitting contest, heavy metal knitting contest, and all that. So what what has been your your journey with music? like in life, like band and music in general? And do you have any musical ambition? Do you want to be, I don't know, whatever your ambition? Uh, I first uh, started playing guitar in 10th standard. Hmm. Always love music. Always love music. You can, in your mid-teens, listen to music with a passion that's really hard to recapture yeah. in your adulthood. Like you can literally just sit in a room and put a song and do nothing but listen to that song. Yeah. It's an extraordinary thing that nobody fucking does anymore, except for very few people who have high-end audio equipment, like Biswa, who will catch you and say it's bad in her Sonia Gana. <laughs> and those things are valuable for their own sake. Um, and I started playing guitar, and it was really fun. And Manik went to the podcast with also started playing around the same time. And uh, then I started up. We started, we played in, in high school. We just played one or two songs like that. Oh, very cool. One mm. music competition, we played an Iron Maiden song. We played No More Lies. But without a singer and without drums. Okay. So, oh, wow. <laughs> two guitars and a bass player. Mm. Uh. <laughs> we played We Don't Need No Education, Another Brick mm. in the Wall. We played that in school. 
uh, our principal was like, I really like this song. Yeah. Wow, dude. <laughs> Pink Floyd brings people together. Who would have thought? Yeah. Um, and then in college and post that, we made a, uh, we wanted to make a metal band. Metal is the thing I've listened to mm. a lot. It's really the anchor of my teenage years. Mm. Um, it's very good. It's outsider music for outsiders, but there's a lot of outsiders. So you're like, what are we outside of them? Mm. Uh, and my, Bangalore was a very strong metal scene. Very, very strong. It was all over India, but particularly Bangalore was mm. where metal was introduced as extreme metal. People mm. never got to get <laughs> the new metal never came. Mm. There was never like a post-punk nothing. It went straight to like metal core, death core, mm. and mm. everybody knew every band. We were all in an awkward group called Bangalore Bands and also Freedom Jam. And mm. everyone used to play once a month at Sunday Jam. Mm. Uh, and it was perfect. You didn't get paid, mm. but you also didn't have to pay to participate. Mm. It was just a beautiful thing that you could, if you registered, you could just play with your band for 15 minutes. Mm. And my friends and I used to just play music. Mm. Uh, we used to practice in my house the whole, like every day with no ambition. There mm. was no point. There was never mm. need. We just wanted to get better and play songs. Mm. And gradually that fell away. Because you grew up and then the different priorities take hold and you can't make time every day. Mm-hmm. And now, increasingly, uh, it's harder. Like, we're not good musicians, but that never mattered. Mm-hmm. It's like the same with programming. Like, this is not mm-hmm. the thing that I want to uh, pitch my identity to. Mm-hmm. Like, that, something else. But, um, and then post-employment uh, and stuff, we tried to play music together. It was weirdly polluted by the idea of, like, well, what is this for? Mm, you know, mm, mm. what is the benefit of mm. this activity, mm. uh, which is the way a, a lot of us view life now, mm. I think, mm, mm. that it became like, sure, we're playing music for two hours together, but what, are we going to do shows? Are we going to release mm. an album? Yeah. Like, I don't practice, mm. so should I practice? Like, mm. and it became <laughs> this, like, this is a means to what end, and it immediately stopped being fun, and we stopped playing. Mm. That was the end. I've played in a few bands, I play session for one or two bands also, and it's all the time never being good. <laughs> but there's a lot of need for guitarists, I suppose. Um, yeah. um, and so that's one thing that now if I think about musical ambition, and I talk to my friends about this also, like Kenny's mm. very talented. Kenny's a great singer. Abish is very talented. Mm. It's like uh, music now should be a private thing. You know what mm. I mean? Uh, mm. It's only enjoyable if I'm like, this will never become a source of profit. Mm. I make music, I keep it to myself. Mm. How hobbies are supposed to be. Mm. Number one problem with hobbies in this modern <laughs> sorry, mm. disintegrating age is that people think all of your interests need to be profitable. And mm. the moment they become profitable, they lose the interest part. Yeah. Mm. So you're like, oh, I love making ceramics. Cool. I'm selling ceramics now on Instagram. I love mm. playing guitar. Come to my show. Like, yeah. I can't, you just do things to do them. I take the, the gold standard of hobbies is making ships in a bottle. That mm. you see this fucking in old British movies, someone just making a ship in a bottle. Like, this is the most useless piece of shit mm. that you can do. And mm. that for me is a gold standard hobby. A thing you do which consumes your time and attention and mm. it has no outcome and no potential profitability also. And that is how I want to use music. I do still play guitar sometimes, but I'm like this for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. you, you yeah. also have many interests. Mm-hmm. I know you like, but you never 
yeah not much like i some of them i talk about and a lot of them are just like like yeah. learning like learning new language for instance like yeah, yeah. trying to learn spanish not talking about anyway just one corner this one book <laughs> hola señor <laughs> <laughs> love it but yeah. kind of two 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 points i want to talk about it's beautiful uh, you know this whole thing about your interest and in when it becomes a job like you love programming but that whole thing of sitting in front of a a crt this thing it just that's why i i often wonder in life that when you put like structure around something it just immediately becomes boring sometimes like i often look back when i talk to my friends i'm like yaar i really wanted to study history because history was like i have always loved history and i don't know why i did my engineering and all that but i think if i did study history it would have been like i would have been yeah. like, this ye nahi i'm enjoying reading a book but exam ke liye padhna hoga to i'll be like dude i it would have immediately become bored absolutely right and my parents i wanted to study english literature out of school yeah. my parents were like maybe not and yeah. i am deeply glad Same. i did not yeah. Yeah. i am so glad because i returned to english literature and this is not a knock by the way the degree mm. i'm sure it's a useful degree mm. but for me personally i really benefited from that technical education and it gave me a discipline that i has been very helpful for the rest of my life Same. Yeah, because we studied, bro. But like the bare minimum, we studied. Yeah, same. Engineering, <laughs> I'll always be grateful for it. Give me so many things outside textbook, like everything. And the, yeah, the whole hostel culture, friends, people, learning. Anyway, that's a different this thing altogether. Yeah. On the on the hobby part, and I I'll bring quizzing as an example here. That yes, I consciously, consciously, uh, in my I'm very conscious that the day it starts, uh, like the day quizzing. becomes work for me is the day i lose interest like that's why it, you know i meet so many of my colleagues comedy colleagues who are like you can do a quizzing stream daily you know yeah you could if you, you wanted could. to but yeah. i'm like no because then it the day i start doing that and i'll be like those oh fagash quiz banana the day i reach this level then i'll be like no i then that that joy will go i do it so like very optimum once uh, whatever so that when i work it's a delight like her question banta it's a delight you know you've made quizzes kind of like ah yaps i can't wait for people to take a shot at yeah, yeah. and then people do it. the day it becomes like programming uh, work i'll be yeah. like nahi dost ab to nahi ho payega i can't i can't do it Good, exactly and this is exactly the conversations you have with people who find out that you're good at something Yeah. like uh, i have a tremendous backlog of stuff every day and so people are like why don't you just put all this out and you can just you can do something or like if you're learning spanish people are like um, the match, the conversation you would have with someone it's like oh i'm learning spanish like i tell you what to do you do a stream and you do learn spanish together mm-hmm. learn spanish stream and you can do brand integrations with duolingo there's all these apps mm-hmm. and then you can just learn spanish every day and you can become a spanish streaming channel you know and it's instantly you've taken this thing that you've barely begun Yeah. and can convert it into a rev- a revenue stream one of infinite side hustles yeah, yeah, yeah. it is important to have a job but it is important very important to have a not a job yeah. right so yeah. identify your job and your yeah. job is essential for your life okay yeah. you have a job it's fine yeah. you need a job yeah. do your job but please carve out the edges of that job yeah. and allow everything else to be not job yeah. Yeah. someone who you live at home and you, you maybe you really like I don't know. I don't know. It's just everything you can honestly weaponize enjoyment for profit. Yeah, yeah. And this uh, last point I wanted to add was the music part. 
like very recently i had this you know one of those days where it's just your me day like just like aaj kuch nahi karunga i'll just be like and i realized in the evening that i listen to music the whole day like much kuch bhi i was doing something something but like the first thing i did was uh, i i also have gotten these new vinyl records from, from oh whoa, 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 whoa. i got like yeah. bishuver here and like uh, you mm. know uh, dark side of the moon like four albums and mm. that's my so i just i just played all four of them dono side through the day like there's one doors and abbey road and yeah. i was just and i was reading something doing so but i was constantly listening to music and i was like man it doesn't happen anymore like you don't really yeah. sit and just totally enjoy it and these gramophones have this like uh, sorry these vinyl records have this uh, lyrics ka thing also na with with the yeah yeah <laughs> so i just sat and i'm just reading and listening and it was a beautiful day so thank you for reminding that uh, yeah dude remember in cassettes also when you open it you used to get to pull out this whole like yeah. chunk of paper and yeah. it would fold out like this and had all the lyrics yeah. of a side b side each song who it was written by some cool album art yeah. if yeah. you were cd's were expensive but if you bought a cd you would get so much more shit yeah and, yeah exciting yeah. okay kanan as the last topic of our conversation i would want to go where in some sense it all started which is your opinion on movies okay the world got to see you and biswa talk about so many movies and then it stopped and i i'm sure you once told me that people still comment like anything you put out there's at least one comment that says bring back pretentious movie review then all yeah that. yeah and uh, that's something that again can he trust upon in his episode that how you try and push the you know you you as an artist we've seen is someone who never really buckles too much with like audience pressure you're trying to push ki you are trying to educate your audience and you're trying to push saying if i won't do something just because people want it i'll keep doing what i want but we'll get to that later but has your op- opinion on movies yeah i want to talk about your relationship and with movies over the years and if you want to talk about pretentious of course more than happy to listen oh okay you i think have easily watched more movies than i have mm-hmm. from an enjoyment perspective but also from a memorizing facts perspective <laughs> kv has this weird superpower for the audience that you can tell him any song he will tell you the year music director and singers yeah okay uh, kv uh, the song hum dil de chuke sanam mm. from hum dil de chuke sanam mm. give me okay the music director is ismail darbar okay director of course is sanjeev lavansali hum dil de chuke sanam must be 1999 i think mm. but the singer is very tricky in this uh mm. about the title song right the title yeah. song singer ha uh, it's very tricky the female i think is kavita krishnamurthy Uh, but the male singer is very tricky it's not a popular because i remember specifically because i always thought it was hari haran yeah but i i think it's someone who is not really popular so i don't know i don't remember the name now but we okay. can okay okay all right i can't believe i thought of the one thing that you didn't know because yeah, because... i played this game with you so many times before and you got yeah. 100% correct <laughs> So there, it's a, it's not a popular. It there is some trivia. I don't know where the singer is, what he does, who he is, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, okay. What were we yeah, talking? Yeah, we were talking about your relationship with movies and your opinion on movies since Good. since pretentious before pretentious during pretentious. Uh, movies. It was the same thing like books. Like first, I didn't didn't dislike any movie. 
until mm. it became 2122 that i was like yeah 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 mm-hmm. movie reviews made the reason we told old movies is that we were scared of getting in trouble for new movies with mm-hmm. copyright and stuff but anyway aage so even those old movies the old movies were the first people to get pissed off <laughs> mm-hmm. the people who owned the copyright of the old old films mm-hmm. anyway uh, uh movie reviews was uh like it's fun and we always thought that okay we we'll make fun of uh the characters and the acting but we'll try not to make fun of people like humans you know mm-hmm. we were able to stick with that most of them i think sometimes we weren't able to also but that mm-hmm. was always the goal like you do this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of consideration about what goes into making a movie because we didn't fucking know what goes into making a movie you're like mm-hmm. movie is made movie is bad all of you are dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the way that a lot of us a lot of people in the world uh, view movies india has a very complicated relationship with film especially mm-hmm. with bollywood where before it was a path to devotion mm. and like being a star was something that uh, that put you out of reach of the entire population and mm. it was this just this parallel layer that ran above life mm. this mm. mainly i'm trying to say when you made movie reviews before it's very easy to make fun of it and now when we watch movies now it's actually very complicated answers about why something is bad and who is responsible for it being bad and what even is bad <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know if every time i watch a movie and the movie is not enjoyable uh, i'm actually obsessed in my mind with figuring out what went wrong mm-hmm. i have now we both of us have been on so many sets mm-hmm. uh, and i've actually been in a bollywood movie mm-hmm. and you get to see the inner machinations of the beast mm-hmm. and you realize this thing is this whole film is hanging by a thread dude mm-hmm. this whole enterprise one person fucks up and the whole thing is ruined mm-hmm. uh and so the the approach i have now is if i don't like something i'll try to figure out why i don't like it mm-hmm. but i find it very hard to blame one person for the reason as being the reason why a whole thing is bad if mm-hmm. that makes sense i have a lot of compassion mm-hmm. for these people could you see them mm. yeah <laughs> they're sitting in soho house on the next table you know yeah. <laughs> they come to the same gym yeah. and they go like yeah like your movie reviews bro bahut mazak uda hai tumne mera oh it's you buddy um yeah i think the reason i'm thinking about this now is that i recently saw after a long time two movies in the hall i think mm. i saw Uh, brahmastra and i saw like did you see brahmastra no no not yet what not yet brother then why i then i shall not talk about it no no I, because it will yes. be spoilers dude oh yeah i'll no, watch actually, should you know, i watch do you like it it can't, do you must watch because must. i think of these uh, you must watch everything as an academic experience yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no i saw alfing and all but brahmastra i was traveling so i couldn't watch like did you see like no yet to watch okay i think it's on uh, audio on ott right now so you can watch it okay you must okay. yeah my master has, has it, uh, it doesn't work hmm and the reason it doesn't work is very fascinating there are hmm. many reasons that it doesn't work and for me hmm. each of those very exciting but i don't now that you haven't yeah. seen it i don't want to give you spoiler i'll discuss with you ha huh, cool okay thank you thank you kanan for doing this uh before we go to Um, okay well, sorry can i just can i say one thing yeah main problem with bahastra and many movies of the sort 
is that the expectation that's placed on it okay uh, it's one of those movies that people have tried to reverse engineer from success okay mm. a lot of movies now people start with okay profit mm. and they work backwards mm. to mm. the mm. film okay mm. and i feel like the idea here was marvel movies work mm. we will make marvel movie mm. we will make work okay mm. and uh, the the thing that if you engineer a film the audience can always tell mm. that you make something for profit marvel movies are also engineered to make profit by the way mm. but mm. they're relying on story that people have written very honestly with their mm. true hearts for the mm. last 40 or 50 years okay mm. so they have this real heartfelt true mm. honest story that people mm. have to work with mm. and so that is what separates that like however silly that many films from the south get mm. <laughs> and however silly the effects and mm. everything are the difference is that someone really from their heart thinks this is the mm. best mm. the mm. person who is making it is convinced that mm. this is awesome and there are bollywood movies made now where they know that this isn't good but mm. they feel that this will work mm. and that is the sure shot recipe for something to not work mm. because it comes with this stink that the audience can smell Yeah. and basically i'm trying to say if you are making brahmastra to please send me the script i will work on it for free you don't have to credit me i just please it's a really good possibility and it could be good so please let me help you don't have to take my inputs also just send yeah. it to me yeah. Yeah. cool on that note thank you kanan thank you uh, this wonderful conversation before we get into rapid fire Okay, ready, brother. Uh, wonderful, Kanan. Now I'm going for rapid fire, where uh, I'll just ask your favorite stuff. Your only condition is the uh, you left rapid fire, so don't think much. Whatever. Yes. Comes. Got it. Cool. Rapid fire with Kanan Gill, season finale. Random musings. Kanan, your favorite movie? Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. X Hot Fuzz. Hmm. Your favorite city to visit? Uh, Rome, Italy. Your favorite book? uh slada house fire got one again your favorite international stand up special uh definite article by eddie isard your favorite indian stand up comedian uh biswakalyan rat your favorite indian comedy special um what this was doing right now so this was next basically yeah but if you had to pick between the things that are out so our audience can maybe go and watch uh sushi is very good and uh, uh anirban's uh take it easy uh, take it easy is very good okay uh, your favorite comedian international eddie isard eddie is your favorite band of all um uh pole jam your favorite pub yeah favorite bar in the world used to be mojos in bangalore which had done a few years ago but memory remains hmm. your favorite tv show or web series anything skulls and roses no <laughs> no 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 i'm just kidding <laughs> uh i was just let's say breaking bad i guess yeah. breaking bad yeah 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 cool Fine. Cool. Okay. Now yeah. we'll just go back to your answer. And if you feel like adding like a thirty seconds, one minute about why these are your favorites, feel free to do that. Sure, brother. No problem. Your favorite. Uh, let's start from. Okay. Let's start from top. Favorite movie. Scott Pilgrim. 
you touched upon it earlier. I said Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It was just yeah. one thing that we weren't expecting when we saw it. Uh, never seen an Edgar Wright film before. Mm. So I, I saw a film which was not at all, not only so funny, but mm. it had elements where the everything that was possible in the movie came together. You could edit it in a cool way, you could do graphics in a cool way, and that mm. would enhance the comedy or the acting. And you could do lights and sound and every even structurally how the movie was mm. uh, took shape. I mm. just remember being so mind blown. Like I didn't know this was allowed. And if mm. you can do this, holy shit, the possibilities are endless. Mm. 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 And sometimes you read like a book like that, mm. that you're always like, I didn't know you could fucking do this. And always it's so freeing. So in that sense, I saw Scott Pilgrim and I was like, this seems like. Yeah. You know, Kanan, it's like, it's like, you know, the conversation has come back to where we started, you know, uh, about the whole writing thing. Uh, and this is a negative thing that has happened to me where instead of getting inspired, I have been demotivated when I've read a great work, mm. you know, because oh. uh, in, in college, I was always like, hey, I read whatever Da Vinci Code and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I like, hey, I, I can be a writer. Yeah. And then yeah. I read Midnight's Children uh, yeah. just right out of college. And I'm like, oh my God, I can never do this. You know what I mean? And Luckily, oh, he did it already. Dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's inspiring. Yeah, I'll do that. But yeah, it was very like, oh shit, yeah, oh, this yeah. I can never achieve. So, but I should not have thought. Fair, bro. But yeah. Fair. But then Salman Rushdie feels like that about like Borges or something. He's yeah. like, man, Borges, like, yeah, like, oh man, Gabriel yeah. Garcia Marquez, he'd be like, ah, oh my Marquez. god. Uh-huh. Oh man, GGM, that's what I'm And I know. Yeah. Who knows who was Borges' inspiration? I think just like dreams and alien communication. <laughs> Your favorite city to visit. The reason I ask is because I I know you travel quite often. Uh, yeah. You picked Rome above. Yeah. yeah. Have you been? Do you want to talk about why Rome? No, I was supposed to go this year. I spoke with you. I was supposed to. Oh go yeah. In May. Couldn't happen. I'm going now. Come with me. Uh, anyway, sure. so <laughs> the awesome thing about Rome is you're making contact with an ancient civilization whose monuments, to some degree, still stand. Mm. You are seeing layers of excavation that, like in the 1600s, they had forgotten about the Roman Forum and stuff, which they then excavated. And over there, there was some even older stuff that they then excavated. It's like it's a place where there are many collapsing, forgotten civilization that are now all slowly being unearthed together. So basically, Rome contains monuments to many eras of human success and Mm. failure. Mm. During people's reigns, during ancient reigns, they were actually doing excavation for even more ancient Mm. uh, Mm. monuments and stuff. And Mm. there's something about being face-to-face with something 2,500 years old and just Mm. making Aperol spritz in front of it in the Mm. evening. That Mm. puts life into perspective in a way I haven't felt with any other city. (laughs) It's it's like Ozymandias. But yeah. every corner, yeah. king of kings, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's really what I enjoy about it. Also, uh, Italian culture very similar to Indian culture in many ways. Mm. Emphasis mm. on food, joint family, mm. pretty late for everything. Everybody just mm. relax. Chaos mm. is a means of life, mm. and so in that sense, I feel a lot of hamdardi mm. with uh, Rome, especially when I go there, and the rest of Italy as well. But Rome has some of the oldest, oldest things. 
And also, right, with all these quiz questions and facts, we know, it's nice yeah. to go and see like, hey, Caesar, he was murdered here. Yeah, you can st- yeah. you can stand at the place where they killed him. You're like, yeah. oh my god, he was. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about history and going to these cities. You, know, you go to a place and you're like, this is where, I know Dickens is buried, and you're like, yeah, John you're- Dickens <laughs> is killed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, oh my god. Yeah. Dude, there is a pub in. Uh, London and it's called East something I forget the name but it's been functioning basically running from 1200 that tavern has mm, been running yeah. and apparently that's where mm. the folk tales that they used to tell there became the basis for the story that became Dracula and it's been referenced in like many great literary works and you can just go there dude so the fact that I mean you mm. can make present mm-hmm. contact with the past for me it's so exciting mm-hmm. Also with Aperol Spritz, yeah. that makes it better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when you order a Diet Coke at these taverns. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Favorite book you put, uh, you picked Slaughterhouse uh, f- Five? Is it called? Five? Or yeah, five, five? Slaughterhouse Five. Slaughterhouse Five. You want to talk about Slaughterhouse Five for like 30 seconds, one minute? Um, sure. Slaughterhouse Five is the first book that I read where I was able to uh, be really punched in the stomach and tickled it at the same time by the same book. Mm. I was like, I've never read someone before, at least I had until then, who could be so funny, yet so heartfelt and profound. Like this is book, he's, it's about an incredibly hard uh, life event, mm. or, or no spoilers, yet told through these two different lenses and I found it really extraordinary. And also... I mean, honorable mentions, of course, are Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Everybody mm. got to say, it truly is an incredible book. Uh, mm. and, uh, God of Small Things. Mm. Uh, Midnight Children, Apna. Mm. And uh, Collected <laughs> Words, Tixiones of Borges. Mm. Mm. And then uh, this year, uh, I've read uh, We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. Oh, I thought you were saying, and this year, once your book comes out, it'll be... Oh no, 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 it'll come out. <laughs> I thought you were going for that. Brother, <laughs> just, okay. just buy it. You know, you like it or you hate it. It's really up to you guys. Audience, whatever you think of the book is a valid and fair adjustment. Just buy yeah. it first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then we went to your favorite stand-up special. You picked an Eddie's art special. What was the special's name? For a... Definite article. Definite article. And Eddie Izzard, you've always been inspired by... Eddie Izzard, I first saw in 8 Standards. And it was mm. the most extraordinary thing. Mm. Eddie Izzard has covered every premise that comics are even uncovering right now. Mm. All of the Romans, Hannibal, mm. literally the Star most Wars. Caesar jokes per special. Star mm. Wars, giraffes, mm. technology, printer, Achilles, Troy... Yeah. military formations yeah. Lord yeah. of the Rings everything yeah. has been done by Eddie and done almost <laughs> masterfully mm. and so yeah. all my family were big fans of Eddie Izzard we quote Eddie Izzard jokes around the house mm. like, I'm an evil giraffe but I'm covered in the mm. American mm. movies British movies that whole thing cake or death mm. Mm. I got mm. to meet Eddie couldn't say anything <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Eddie was performing at 
a venue where I was also performing and actually finished my show early so I could go watch. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Then we came to the question that every audience wanted an answer to saying, Ab Kanan kis ka naam lega? <laughs> It was one of those things. <laughs> but you picked Biswa as your favorite stand-up comedian. Do you want to talk about Biswa? Yeah, sure. Uh, and this is enormously talented. Dude. Like, it's often unbelievable the thing that he's able to achieve with uh, stand-up. Then, uh, like, I, we know how stand-up works, right? We've been doing this for a long time, mm. and yet with uh, Biswa and Zakir are two people that I'm like, I, I don't think I can't. I don't, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like you watch this and you're like this is some other kind of witchcraft mm-hmm. um, and so uh, basically I was also I'm uh, personally invested in because like we started stand up at the same time mm-hmm. and kind of got good like I saw him become good mm-hmm. like it all happened at the same time mm-hmm. and because we have a largely similar outlook on life mm-hmm. many times it happens very often that we end up with the same premise yet mm-hmm. two entirely different takes mm-hmm. and that is always so fun to watch Because mm. always, I always honestly feel like he did it better. Mm. Uh, and but because I mean, stylistically, we're so different. It's hard to compare. But if you ask me, I think he's doing it better. Doing it better. Mm. And mm. now, mm. after two years of not doing stand up, I went to that comedy club one night, and he was doing his hours. And like, I saw, I saw, I said, I saw him become good. And now, I literally, I saw him become great. Mm. Because I was like, what he's doing now is like, I think a step above most people. Mm. It's. Wow. Uh, the transcendence from be- becoming and in stand up we say like the you want to be a funny person saying things right not a person saying funny things yeah yeah and yeah. Right. that is achieved the singularity mm. he goes on stage and it is just funny mm. no conception of what's happening i have never heard people howl like that in a mm. small place and mm. he's just doing the most absurd bullshit and it's very funny and so i find it uh, tremendously uh, inspiring mm. fun to watch yeah, yeah. and also yeah. it's the same fucking idea that i'm doing i should mm. be able to squeeze something completely different out of it which is like yeah. the that's the best part yeah. and so yeah i remember this part because before i very recently did a show in singapore you know yeah. uh, together and we were just wondering corporate mein aur kya kya we can think of and then he said that there is a premise that both you went He said, "Kanan." He said the opposite thing, of course. He said, "Ki, arey, our wealth manager pe mera ek joke tha, yar." But Kanan ne uspe itta acha joke kar diya ki main kar nahi paunga. Something like that. It's something about some some joke about wealth manager and some yeah, yeah, yeah. wealth manager or relationship manager. It, relationship manager, yeah. Relationship it, manager. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Kenny and I wait for Biswa to be irritated by something. Like, like two years ago, he was looking for a house, and then, and he was complaining about like a house is broken, this and that, this and that. And so, like, we knew. like so when he walked on stage and we were so excited we're like we get to listen to <laughs> what he's upset about and then he just talked about finding a house for the rent and it was awesome uh, and then that joke has become really good now yeah yeah okay then we went to your favorite indian special you talked about you already talked about biswa next special and you said sushi mm. by biswa mm. and take take it easy by anirban mm. favorite uh, international ha sorry sir feel free to act huh? no that's it Yes. No, no. If you want to <laughs> say something about sushi in particular, or take it easy. Uh, I don't know if uh, take it easy is just really good special. Abhiban's mm. uh, attachment to art really mm. shown through. He's like the special must be black and white. 
Everyone's like, why? Why should it be black and white? Because he's like, Hona should be black and white. And I respect that <laughs> with everyone. Obviously, Anupam's jokes are always really good. It's always fun to watch. And he just carries that thing quite effortlessly. So it's very enjoyable. And for sushi, it was like this one. I was in the same place uh, for a second special. Second special, big challenge. First special, you're hanging on by the skin of your teeth. Okay. Literally, the offer came in like, "Hey, Amazon, you have to deliver the special in six months." Okay, and both of us like, "How about to change?" Hey, <laughs> first special is like, "How can how good can I get all my jokes? What are the best jokes?" And it was just literally like a like a marathon. We're like, uh, we just by this date we have to record it, and until like the last moment, we were like, "Okay, so these are all my jokes. Take it." Okay, so that was first special for both of us. Um, second special. Now, both of us wrote one hour very quickly, and same dilemma. This is the same as first special, mm. structurally, form-wise, mm. and we're both in a big way purists about stand-up. That we want to push ourselves as comedians also, and so we both took on very ambitious second level, uh, second projects. This was things like I don't want to do anything personal, and I want to do. just observations which i don't think people appreciate how difficult that is mm-hmm. to do just pure observations and i think he was like i want swear also i don't think he swore in so mm-hmm. sharing thing he said because he was like i think this is some either he thought or people thought it was a crutch so he was like all right i'll get rid of all my crutches and i won't tell personal stories because apparently that was too easy for him and so he did this observation thing and i wanted to do a narrative and i wanted to do like what six or seven kinds of jokes that i'd never done before in a front challenge And so we both did that, mm-hmm. and it was excruciating mm-hmm. work on special, second special, mm-hmm. second special. Mm-hmm. Both of us released, and unanimous mm-hmm. review. Mother, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is it's so funny about how much it was three times the work of the first special, mm-hmm. and the second special people are like, yes, yeah, mother, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that. But I mean, it was it was a very big, uh, good mm. feat, very mm. enjoyable. Mm. And then we talked about your favorite international comedian. You already talked about Eraser. Then last three questions quickly. Your favorite band of all time. You pick. I know this is a question. I mean, this is one of the most difficult questions to answer. But you pick Pearl Jam. Why? Why did you pick Pearl Jam over? Ninety-nine. Pearl Jam. I only said because it is the strongest emotional connect. When I was in ten standard, I sat up every night listening to ten again and again. Mm-hmm. Since then, I don't listen to Pearl Jam that much. But that one transformative, formative year, I have spent with Pearl Jam, and I cannot. Pearl Jam MTV Unplugged. Mm, yeah. Oof! It's one yeah. of the best. Pearl Jam is very good. Alice in Chains just as good. Nirvana uh, close third. Yeah. So yeah. that and the other band is Lamb of God. If you're interested. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, Mojo's Bangalore. You want to talk about your? Have you been? I don't remember. I don't recall. When okay, it was it? off. Mm-hmm. I think it closed. Uh, maybe twenty eleven, twenty twelve, something like that. Mm-hmm. It was off Presidency Road, and it was an awesome place where you never knew what song they were playing. Some obscure reggae, and there was weird cushions, and you had to sit on the ground. And the beer was alright, but it wasn't like good. But it was affordable if you were a college kid. and it was mm-hmm. nice as empty as all of bangla was at the time and mm-hmm. it's just this like the same emotional connect with pearl jam of like there's so many fun afternoons mm-hmm. have been spent there because mm-hmm. it was afternoon because sham ko ghar pe jana hota tha and so so many fun afternoons have been spent in mojos uh, i really miss it i like mojos bring mojos back 
Nice. And then we ended with your favorite TV show again. A difficult question, but you finally went with Breaking Bad. Ah, uh, yeah, Breaking Bad. He said, "Yeah, not like Breaking Bad is bad, but I'm like I'm disappointed at my cliche answer." Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, no, no. I, I, yeah, I, I would still. I know Breaking Bad has become too mainstream, but I still think it's like it's too good. <laughs> Breaking Bad is too good. It Even is better, very good. Better call Saul. It's one of those things where you're like, I know what you mean. Very like, ठीक है मतलब Beatles ही बोल देता हूँ I don't know मतलब है मैं सुनता हूँ बाकी भी I know but like <laughs> मैंने देखा है जो तुम लोग देख रहे हो ना but I still think Breaking Bad is the best what to do yeah yeah on Netflix if you haven't seen American Vandal season one season two is very good that's the yeah. only other thing I could think of it's a true crime yeah. mockumentary which I don't think there are many of so worth watching Cousin yeah. Roses also <laughs> enjoyable <laughs> cringe watch and better life foundation if you guys have better life foundation of yes. course yes all time all time great all time great okay uh, thank you ganan thank you so much for taking out thank time you kb of I course know, brother i know you you had a crazy crazy schedule but i managed to take like some time of yours i know you're mid- not at all not at all my dear friend it, it is my privilege i hope this episode has was everything you wanted i yes, really wanted to do it in more. person with you not on the internet but maybe maybe next episode we'll do we'll do something in person we'll do we'll sit on a divider in chandigarh and yeah. we will yeah. listen to mehdi hasan and do yeah yeah oh my god yes <laughs> thank you buddy kg thank you so much thank you buddy kb